It has now been almost four years that we've had congregational polity in place. Can you believe it? Four years of doing this. This is our 16th congregational meeting, and we've discussed many items of membership. Uh, But I have realized that all the while there's been a lingering question for many uh, that's caused confusion, especially around the topic of members coming and going. Uh, And it's kept us from being fully unified on the topic of meaningful membership. And that question is, how can a member leave mission well? So to answer this question, I want to focus on the word covenant for a bit this morning. Now, this is a very important word to the Bible and to Christians. Our Bible is structured based on the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. That's what your Bible is split into. Covenants are the backbone of the biblical story. They're one of And one of God's repeated primary character traits is his steadfast love and his covenant faithfulness. And it is this covenant faithfulness that's at the center of his gracious gospel. And so, therefore, it's at the center of who we are as a people, is the idea of covenant. But what is covenant? We use the word, but what does it actually mean in definition? Its most basic definition is an agreement which brings about a relationship of commitment between God and his people. That's just a dictionary definition, an agreement which brings about a relationship of commitment between God and his people. So commitment to God and commitment to his people. Now, because we're finite creatures, we cannot be committed to all his people in the same manner. We all can be committed to the Lord because of his Holy Spirit that dwells within us, and we have that individual relationship. But we can't be Uh, committed to every single person across all time and space that forms his church. And so God places us, he places believers into local assemblies, local congregations of believers that are in geographical locations where we can then live out our commitment to him by our commitment to his people. The two have always and will always go hand in hand. And this is at the heart of the Ten Commandments. If you think about it, the first four laws, right, they're about how we treat God, almost one-to-one. And next, after that, the next six are about how we carry out our submission to him, our worship to him, in the way that we treat one another. And Jesus taught this even more simply uh, as the core of his new covenant as well. Love God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So we love God by loving his people. So God places us amidst a certain group of people to do so. And it is these people to whom we commit, to whom we submit, and for whom we are responsible. That's church membership. And that is the local church of which we are a member. So then the question becomes this. To stay faithful to our covenant to God and to his people, do we need to, therefore, stay with the same local assembly from the time we're baptized to the time we die? The answer is, no, you don't. You don't. The local assembly is a living organism with movement of its parts and its members. Now, sure, we are sad when those we love move on because it lessens the amount of fellowship we have with them. But it is not disobedient to move on. It's not. It's a natural part of life in the moving, growing, and changing organism that is the local church. Now, that said, leaving one membership and joining another should be a weighty thing, right? Should be a weighty thing, based on everything we've just said. So the question is, how is leaving done well? 
Well, to an extent, that is already spelled out logistically in the midst of our covenant and our bylaws. You talk to the elders, you talk to your small group leaders, you seek counsel from them. If you still would like to move on, you send a letter or a reason uh, for resignation to the elders at least 30 days prior to the meeting. And these are kind of the logistical checkpoints, the steps that must be taken. But unfortunately, the issue with leaving badly is rarely due to not following those steps. It's rarely due to an issue of logistics. Leaving badly is often a matter of the heart. So again, how is leaving membership done well? Well, my simple answer is this. Maintain covenant faithfulness as you determine whether or not to leave, and then as you leave. Covenant faithfulness to God and covenant faithfulness in how you treat his people. Realize that when you step into covenant membership at this church, or really any church, what you are vowing is not that you will stay in fellowship forever. Not one of you vowed that. You didn't get up here and say, I pinky swear that I will stay at this church until I die. That is not what you swore. Okay? We don't vow that. But what we do vow is that we will join with the people of this church to pursue obedience to Christ together. And you are vowing to do so as you enter membership, while you are in membership, and if you move to become a member of a new body. So the real question is, what is the state of your heart as you determine whether or not to leave and as you leave? Is it submitted to Christ and obedient to his commands and how to treat his people, or is there something else at play? And the decision point we need to look at is before you make the decision to leave at all. Let me explain a bit. When we all sign up for membership, it's because we see the fruitfulness of it. Did anyone in here sign up for membership because you thought, this is a terrible church and they're going to lead me astray in the gospel? No, you find the fruitfulness of it. We long to have brothers and sisters around us to encourage us, hold us accountable, and from whom we can seek counsel. And we figure this is a good group of people to do this with. That's why we join. We join with this group because we gauge that the leadership, while being human, is worthy of following and that their adherence and submission to the word of God will lead us well, and we think so for the congregation as a whole. It will lead in a direction where we can be faithful in our covenant response to Christ and his people. So then, if you think with me for a second, if that was the case in joining membership, why would someone then leave? Well, we leave because something in this original understanding changes. And so the goal is to maintain covenant faithfulness to Christ and to his people, as you go through the process of thinking through and dealing with whatever has changed. So what does covenant faithfulness look like when something changes? Well, generally, it always means the same thing. It means loving God and loving our brothers and sisters in a way that reflects Christ. And we can all tell that when we see it, right? If you want scripture to to use as a filter, we can go ahead and go to this slide, which is Philippians 2, 1 through 5. We've talked about this many times. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. And so you can apply this filter to how you and I are acting at any point, and we have a good starting place. 
So the person who might be contemplating leaving should be thinking of the rest of the body they're currently part of and the body they're going to join as better than themselves and be thinking about that. Those of us who are surrounding the person who's contemplating leaving, we need to think about that person as better than ourselves, and we need to assist them as they're contemplating it. All of this in love for Christ and in an effort to help everyone involved keep their covenant faithfulness to Christ and to his church. But this may be too broad for some of us. So let's go back to the question of what changed to make someone say, this is no longer the church that I want to pursue covenant faithfulness with. When people leave churches, the reasoning usually falls into some broad categories. And I've come up with four. And I think these largely cover everything. Covenantal, doctrinal, relational, and personal. So let's break each down a bit. If something changes covenantally, that means that you are doing your best to walk within the expectations of the covenant membership you agreed to, but someone else is not, either leaders or another member. And usually this means that sin is present and not being addressed in some form or fashion. So how do we address this in covenant faithfulness? Well, we go to the people involved to kindly and honestly address the issue. We each assume our responsibility as a member of the body and follow the steps of Matthew 18, 15 through 20, commonly known as the section on church discipline. And if after kind and honest conversations seeking obedience do not achieve the desired result, well, you bring it before the body, especially if this is a leader and you are concerned about their leadership. And friends, this takes courage, yes, and maybe you are the only one who believes something is wrong, but your covenant faithfulness to Christ requires you to do this. Shrinking away from it and disappearing is not covenant faithfulness. To walk through this process, dealing with something that has changed covenantally is a way to love the body by attempting to remove unrepentant sin from its midst. And we all agreed to be responsible for that process. Did we not? Amen? Not just the elders, every single one of us. Now, if this process, if you are the person who say, you've brought it before someone, it hasn't changed, you've brought a second witness, it hasn't changed, you brought it before the body, and you feel convinced that there is something that is amiss in this church, if your conversations do not lead to change, your obedience to Christ requires you to then move on to a new body who will act in obedience. That is your statement, if you will. That is your final act. And the way you leave well in that situation is to kindly and courageously state this as the reason for your resignation. And you do so in person to those with whom you've been in fellowship and in person on the day that you resign. All the while having as your guide covenant faithfulness first and foremost to Christ and covenant faithfulness to those to whom you are committed. That's covenantal changes. If something changes relationally, that means that relational dynamics have adjusted somehow. And the way we usually hear this as elders or I hear this as a pastor is, I don't feel like I belong. I don't feel like this is my church anymore. Usually this is the language we use that something has changed relationally. In this case, covenant faithfulness to God means realizing that it's actually covenant that breeds community, not the other way around. I sent an article on this for, for you all to read. We must recognize that if what primarily brought us to any church and keeps us at a church is individual friendships rather than the church, its teaching, and the community as a whole, 
And we have to realize we have our priorities out of order and we need to grow in this area. It is the romantic notion of the world, not scripture, that community breeds covenant. Or put another way, that connection breeds commitment. Think about it this way. A worldly covenant goes something like this. I meet someone, we vibe, as the kids say today. <laughs> I sleep with them, I move in with them, and if after all that we still vibe, then maybe I will marry them and give them commitment. We establish community based on feeling that leads to a shallow commitment that could be broken the second our feelings dictate to do so. That's a worldly understanding. A godly understanding goes like this. I meet someone, we connect, but primarily we connect in what it is to serve our common Lord together. We commit in covenant and then build a community together over a lifetime. Yes, this is the marriage covenant that I'm using as an example, and marriage is different than your commitment to a local body, but they are both covenants that breed community, not the other way around. So if relational changes for you have occurred, and most likely for those of you that have been here, 10 years, eight years, six years, even four years, most likely it, it has. If those relational changes have occurred, we are to go to our brother or sister, we are to strive for reconciliation as a show of our gospel unity, and we're to deal with and work through our issues that might be in the midst of those relationships so that we're not leaving any room for bitterness as commanded in scripture. If the other party is willing to do so, then we've gained our brother. And we go back to the uh, idea of what it is to be covenantally faithful. If the other party is unwilling to do so, this is where we go back to the idea that something changed covenantally, and we're now dealing with an issue of sinful unwillingness to submit to God and his people in covenant faithfulness. To allow bitterness to sit and not to work on it is sin. Scripture is clear on that. But if they are willing to reconcile the relationship, and you are not the one, you as the person thinking about leaving is not the one that wants to reconcile, because you just simply can't in your human capacity, then covenant faithfulness to God and his people looks like owning the responsibility for that relational division yourself, admitting you are the one that is unable to continue in fellowship, owning that it is not the preferred outcome in the eyes of Christ, and seeking the help of your church elders to find fellowship elsewhere so that you can go about healing and maturing with the hope that one day reconciliation can occur. That is a lesser perfect ideal, but it's a realistic one. So that's relational and covenantal. If something changes doctrinally, that means that either you or the church changes something in terms of their theology and view of Christianity, and that has happened a lot in the last seven years of this church, hasn't it? Now first, please know that there are many topics with which we can disagree and still worship together. Uh, we talked about it in our elder meeting, that maybe there's an assumption that unless you agree with the elders, and specifically Hans, on every given doctrinal point, then you should find a different church. That is not the case at all. Now, how do we go about even discussing this idea of topics? Well, a helpful list of categories that I was given in seminary, go ahead and go to the next slide, uh, of those things for, are those things which we divide, uh, uh, die for, divide for, debate for, and decide for. Now, die for are things of orthodoxy. They are things that uh, people would have been uh, tarred and feathered or burnt at the stake and passed to the church. They're, they're orthodoxy. They're things like the Trinity. 
items we divide for are secondary issues, but they're usually secondary issues that deal with how we do church. So for example, a secondary issue that would make it very hard for a Presbyterian, a dyed-in-the-wool Presbyterian to attend our church is we're creedal Baptists. We don't baptize babies. That's going to make it different, difficult. That's going to make it difficult for you to be a part of this church if you are a Presbyterian, right? Uh, and so that's going to be something we divide over. But then there are secondary issues we debate for, and those are things that have been healthy debate in the church because Scripture is just kind of not clear about them, and there's possibility for different options. And then there's items we decide for, which are things that really, honestly, they're like third level, tertiary. They don't even truly really matter in everyday life, like are we post-millennial or are we pre-millennial? And so these are the areas of doctrine that we have to think about. But if you are in one of those areas that is causing concern, covenantal faithfulness in this case means going to the elders when you recognize that it is hindering your ability to submit to the church and its elders. So if one day you go, wow, this church, Hans, is extremely Calvinistic and Reformed. I didn't realize that the first five years I was here, and he's slightly changed, and so I need to go talk to him about this. When that occurs, it's our duty to approach the elders to reason together from Scripture, because perhaps on the difference... We can reason with you in order to draw you to that same conclusion. And we hope that we will come to a united understanding of Scripture. If we do that and there is not agreement but disagreement, we must decide if that makes it difficult for us to stay in fellowship with this congregation. And friends, if you're a person who's come to the conclusion after years of changing into congregational polity and a more Calvinistic soteriology and various things that I teach, you go, I'm not sure this is the church for me. Just come talk to us and own that and discuss it. To leave well, if that is the case, if it's a doctrinal change that is causing you to consider leaving, is to simply own that there's a disagreement of theology which makes it impossible for you to continue worshiping together with this body. And so do your best to respectfully disagree and work with the elders, if possible, to find a good church that aligns with your concerns of secondary theology. Be honest in your communication and stand for what you believe, and the church will do the same. And we will agree kindly and respectfully to part ways while still blessing one another in Christ. So if you're a Presbyterian and you're like, wow, didn't realize, come talk to us. We'll help you find a good Presbyterian church, okay? Now, lastly, what happens if something changes personally? Now, the obvious changes are issues of proximity. You're contemplating a move, a new job, getting married, joining a new movement of God in a church plant, or a ministry that has called you to help it. In these cases, covenant faithfulness looks like recognizing that part of why you became a member of this body is that you trusted that the Holy Spirit of God was present in the majority of members and leadership of the church. And so covenant faithfulness to God and his people is to utilize those same vessels of the Holy Spirit to seek God's wisdom as to whether or not you should entertain the change in the first place. If you joined us in order to seek our counsel, why not use it before you make a decision? That is not cultic, that is wise. Because guess what? If we say, not a great decision, you can still go, I'm still going to do it, because you're all adults. But seek the counsel. If you decide unilaterally that whatever decision you're making is one you must make on your own without counsel of people that you've entered into covenant with, please know that this is the first sign of seeking your own lordship, and that is a very scary place to be. It should be a major red flag when we hide decisions and activities from the very people we have asked to hold us accountable and from whom we seek counsel. 
It shows us we want to do what we want to do, not what God is calling us to do. And we are great liars to ourselves who will speak to ourselves tons of lies in order to justify what we're doing and distance from those who might give us opposing counsel. Our goal, brothers and sisters, is to help you maintain covenant faithfulness to God and to his people while you are here, while you consider changing the local assembly with which you fellowship, and if you do indeed make a change to become part of a new body. At times, you've possibly seen the elders or other congregants express disapproval of how someone left. Please know that it is not because they left. That's not why there's disapproval. Rather, it's because the way in which they went about leaving broke covenant faithfulness with the people of this church by disobeying God's commands and how to go about navigating change in a way that would bring glory to the Lord and love to his people. You can be covenantly faithful to a body even as you leave it to join another body. But the hallmarks of that covenant faithfulness are things like honesty, transparency, kindness, Willingness to dialogue, accepting personal responsibility about how you are leaving and what effects it has on those around you, and showing thankfulness for the time you've had together. It means coming to the congregational meeting at which you are resigning to show your thankfulness and answer any outstanding questions. So thankful for the handful of folks who have done that when they've resigned. Hallmarks of a person who is breaking covenant faithfulness as they leave are things like ghosting other members, a selfish concern for yourself over and above those you are leaving, unwillingness to reconcile if reconciliation is requested, blaming, finger-pointing, slandering without being willing to talk to those whom you are slandering, passive aggressiveness, and communication in person and in your resignation letter that is vague and gives no understanding of what changed that has caused you to resign. If you cannot leave without doing these, you probably shouldn't leave because there are lessons for you to learn before trying to find greener pastures somewhere else. Now, to all of us as congregants who surround the person contemplating leaving, here is what we must recognize and put into practice. We must understand that a Christian's lifelong covenant commitment is to Christ and his people as a whole not to you and I individually. That is more of a romantic wish dream than it is a biblical truth. But what we can expect and hold one another accountable to is covenant faithfulness to this local body while we are a part of it and when we go to leave it. Now, I love every single one of you in this room, and so, of course, I would like for all of us to serve faithfully together until glory. I would be lying if I didn't say that but the likelihood of that is small. It just is. So what does covenant faithfulness look like for us that surround that person contemplating leaving? It looks like us taking an interest in one another to the extent that when we notice something has changed in attendance, relationship, proximity, or otherwise, we lovingly and courageously approach one another to inquire, not with condescension, but with honest inquiry. It looks like us following the steps of Matthew 18, 15 through 20, when there is difficulty and or sin. It looks like being ready to forgive and reconcile quickly as commanded by Christ. 
It looks like being sure and confident and honest and loving as we give advice and counsel. It looks like laying aside our selfish desire to hold on to someone in fellowship and instead sacrificing our proximity to them so that we might counsel them and help them find a church in which they might flourish if for some reason this doesn't seem like the one in which they are flourishing. And when they go, it means blessing them on their way, thanking them for being covenantally faithful even in the way they resigned, and praying for them as they join a new faithful body of believers. It means realizing that proximity breeds relationship and then mourning the fact that we have lost a bit of that proximity of fellowship, but not letting that minimize our commitment to the body that remains. It also means realizing that just because someone leaves does not inherently mean that there's something wrong or bad going on in the church. And if, dear brothers and sisters, someone leaves in a way that shows covenant faithlessness, then we do our best to counsel them in the direction of covenant faithfulness and then realize that debating them or continuing to counsel them after they have refused the counsel is simply to press against a hardened heart. If it is necessary by scriptural rule to process them in church discipline, then be courageous in doing so, but otherwise let them go. Pray for the Lord to work in their lives. Take your hurts and heartaches to God and let him begin to heal them. And be at peace as you pursue covenant faithfulness with those that remain. In all of this that I've just described, my prayer and the prayer of our elder team is that all of us mature in what meaningful membership looks like as we stay faithful to the new covenant in which Christ has called us and as we practice that covenant faithfulness with his people. Now, to end, I'm going to pray for the Gadiches because I'm very thankful for the way that they have left, uh, and I want to bless them as they resign and move on. And then I want to open it up to questions because I know that this may not have answered your questions because it is an issue of the heart, and it is one that we have to process pastorally. Uh, so I'll open it up after that. But let's pray first. Father, we are so thankful to you that your faithfulness is greater than our faithlessness. And every single one of us in this room and every human who's ever been a part of your church knows what it is to be faithless because we are so broken. But we thank you that the bar that you give us and what you call us to is the faithfulness that you show in your hesed, your faithfulness, your steadfast love. And we pray, Lord, that we would be a church that would grow and mature uh, in, in the ways that we do this as we're part of this body. And if uh, by your will, it's uh, the, the chance for us to move on at some point. And so, Lord, we, we do pray uh, that you would just help us as a church grow in this in, in many different ways. Uh, Lord, we are thankful as well as we uh, ponder and consider this idea. We're thankful for the Gaddage family. I'm thankful personally for Andy's love of this church and the many awesome uh, ways that he and Ashley have contributed to this church. Uh, and served this church over the years. I'm thankful for their friendship. And Lord, I'm thankful uh, for the fact that Andy was open to multiple conversations and processing this with Nick and myself and others. Uh, and so I thank you for his leadership of his family. And I pray that as they move on, uh, most likely it sounds like to Morningstar, I pray, God, that you would help Andy and Ashley and Clark and Ellis and Hayes and Judah and Merritt all flourish within that ministry. We pray that that church... Uh, would be able to speak your gospel in a way that is true and biblical and helpful uh, and fruitful in their lives. And we thank you, Lord, for the time we've had with them. We look forward to time we will have in eternity with them. 
and we pray your blessing on them as they step into fellowship at Morningstar. Help our hearts, as we are sad, uh, to lose a proximity to them. Help our hearts to heal and yet to continue to be faithful to those that remain and love one another, knowing that just as you are working in the Gadditch's life, you are continuing to work in this body uh, that is yours. We thank you and we love you and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen.